Hey, we're back and today there is a, an exciting <laughs> new episode where Yasha and me are gonna uh, do sort of a film criticism what? and talk about um, the new movie, the latest movie of Paul Verhoeven called uh, Benedetta. Yeah, hey Yash. Hello, hey, how's it going? I, you know, no, it's, it's more than a film criticism. I think it's more like a fan session, a, a critical fan session of Paul Verhoeven because, uh, I mean, I, I think he fits into our, you know, not just, he has a, a, a pretty amazing movie that's, that, he, that just was released about, you know, two lesbian um, nuns in the Middle Ages. Well, it's actually about one because it's based on a real story. It's a story of a, a non-Catholic nun. I think it's like 15th century. Uh, Benedetta Carlini, a real historical figure who uh, supposedly saw all this, um, had stigmata, meaning she saw Jesus and was had... Um, what do you call those marks? The marks on her, the the marks on her hands and 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 feet yeah. from where Jesus was uh, nailed to the cross. Right, right, and and only like a few saints during I think the whole history of Christianity had those, supposedly. It's and pretty, it's uh, a pretty exclusive thing that happens. Very, very exclusive, and she supposedly had those, and she rose through the ranks of that um, Catholic convent she was an on in. But later, she was prosecuted for sapphism, which is basically being a lesbian. But she. Um, from I think historical records, she escaped. Um, you know, being what burned. Yeah, being I, th- I think they did want to burn her yeah. to stake. Yeah, anyway, and she eventually lived to the old age, and everything worked out fine for her. And and it's not clear if she really had um, was saintly and had stigmata or not. So it uh, wasn't like she was. She was in the real in the in the real her. She was kind of like a prisoner in the convent. I mean, she was kind of judged. But she was just not. Yes, like, but they but they never yeah. they let they let her live, and I think she was still somewhat venerated by certain um, by certain city dwellers because not not everyone disbelieved yeah. her, you know. So there, I think it it was that's the whole thing. It was kind of ambiguous whether the church didn't believe her, right? But then, but then, yeah, but, but she had like I, a cult around her from what locally. from what I understood. But I I never read the original source. It's um the movie is based on a actually um non-fiction book called Immodest Acts The Life of a Lesbian Nun in Renaissance Italy well so anyway I guess we're both fans of Paul Verhoeven and uh, we also thought that Verhoeven actually fits um, into the whole immigrant immigrant stories that we <laughs> frequently talk about at some point uh, he was an immigrant in America in a way yeah <laughs> um, not like us of course he was invited by a big Hollywood st- studio <laughs> I think um uh, he moved here when he was 40. Yeah. Uh, but he stayed here for quite a while, and he's definitely, if he's not a true immigrant, he was at least an immigrant film director. Yeah. Uh, and um, I think only maybe in the last 10 years, he uh, went back to Europe. So he definitely did his time here. <laughs> and uh, all his most famous major film, huge studio movies, were made here during this period. Yeah, uh, and they're about an America. So it's like, a, yeah, yeah, so so his, he's, it's sort of like America through, or American culture and um, through an, an immigrant's perspective or, or a foreigner's perspective. Probably hard to call him a true immigrant because, you know, he's, it's not like he ever really abandoned, I think, his home base, right? I mean, he just, he had a, he lived here. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's not like he ever, you know, he forsook his, his old home, right? Uh, well, in, I don't know. That. That it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I think, whatever, in my books, it's, he's an immigrant. It's good enough because, you know, he was living here, he was working here. Yeah. Not, true. not in he, his language, not in his country. It's true. It's and, true. Um, my, in my view, he definitely made one of the best 
American movies of the last, I don't know what, we would say 30 years. Yeah. I don't know how, how long he's been active here. Which one? You know? Which which one? Which, 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 of the mo- uh, which of the movies? Which is the movie that you think one of the best? No, movies. Uh, movies. I thought you had like one in particular. No, movies. Know. No, I, yeah. I mean, I, I love Total Recall, but yeah. Robocop is good. Yeah. Everything. And um, Starship Troopers. And yeah, so, you know, it definitely is about America rather in a, in a very kind of scathing yeah. way. Yeah. It was. It was. And movies about America that only a non-American could make, I think, you know, uh, really. Uh, and yeah, I mean, what, what's what always, always, so always amazing about him is that he makes these really pretty, you know, I mean, very politically, very critical, very critical uh, films, you know, that criticize this, the society in a profound way, yet they do it in a way that He's isn't... not preaching. No, there's no preaching whatsoever. Yeah. In fact, like you... you You can you, in most of his movies. You you can always see like oh from from different sides. You can either really love them on a superficial level and kind of almost, um, um, you know, like support the kind of the superficial sort of the, the violence and 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 the and the sexiness and like the I don't know eroticism of what of some of the worlds that he presents. Or you can see see you know, go deeper and see the, the the critique in it. So when I was I, I remember seeing these a lot of these movies when I was younger and I didn't really understand the. Um, you know the sort of the political su- uh, subtext of these films, um, and so, so like it's almost like these movies had were like, had like two movies almost. You know, it's like the movies that I saw be- before I kind of understood what they were really about. Where yeah, I could just sort of I love the action of it, you know, and then the violence and, and the great and the great stories and the great filmmaking. I mean, they, they stood out even though when I didn't even know who Paul Verhoeven was or even didn't connect that these movies were made by the same person. Like, you know, the basic instinct to recall and. Um, Robocop because I had no idea I think only in college I, I kind of strung it all together you know um, and so uh, yeah and so he, what's great about his films is that he's just they're, they're, they're like like I was just saying you know off air here to you it's they're not like Ken, it's not like a Ken Loach film where you know as great you know he's, he's good you know uh, but like it's like you know you're watching social political commentary you know it's like it's he's, he's critiquing society from a from a left-wing perspective you know it's like he's pro-worker you're gonna, you know. gonna see some working class people being oppressed yes <laughs> there's like that's what you get it's a very it's a very one-dimensional no, story no it's straightforward yeah. straightforward one-dimensional you know it has its place it's, it's good but with Paul Verhoeven it's like it's just got these you know all these different levels that you can watch it on and it's and so it's you know to create to create uh, Hollywood to sneak by you know in Hollywood these kinds of movies it's almost the only way if you think about yeah. it yeah You got you to be subversive about it like that, yeah. It's, no, but also he, I, I, from my understanding is also he's not just uh, secretly Ken Loach who had to be, <laughs> who had to sort of hide, hide his um, sort of uh, really <laughs> kind of working class, pro-working class agenda yeah. and wrap it up in some sort of like fun action movie or like some yeah. satire. I really don't think so. I think he's like a bit more like ambivalent as a, as a person generally about life and people and power structures, even if he is, I mean, seemingly he's like humanitarian left wing. I don't, I don't know. It's like this terms kind of, when I pronounce them, they don't mean much to me when I say them, especially yes. about Paul Verhoeven. No, he's not no, like a member of any yeah. party. I know Ken Loach is very straightforward. It's great. But I don't, I think it's just like a, he's a different person. <laughs> and That'd be funny if Ken Loach, is like Ken Loach would actually try to like hide his Ken Loachness and make like X-Men. Try to make it in Hollywood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, that, well, I don't know, but yeah, if it would be possible. But anyway, so I think it's almost like a luck that he's just like who 
leaning in the more like ambiguous direction i don't know yeah so that's why he could probably make um make those movies but um i don't know since i kind of i guess i am a, a bit of a i would say it just like i'm a fan i'm, not, I'm no scholar <laughs> but i definitely now thinking about it, it's true i've kind of read pretty much everything out there uh that exists out there about him or by him and one of the things i noticed i think kind of few people know it uh paul verhoen actually when he lived in um california he was um a member of the jesus seminar i think it was like this um uh, semi, you don't, you didn't have to be a scholar to join it. So it's kind of like f- was fairly open, but usually just like the theologians. theologians. Yeah. yeah. Theolog- and uh, I think it was somewhere, not even in Los Angeles, maybe like Santa Rosa. Mm. Would it make sense or? Santa Rosa would be pretty far too, up north. Too far. Yeah. But maybe, maybe San, but Santa Barbara. Santa, no, 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 no. I think it is something either Santa Ana. Is Santa Ana make Santa sense? Santa Ana, maybe. Yeah. There, basically, the whole seminar um, was just trying to unveil historical Jesus. That was the whole purpose of that seminar. I don't think it's still going on because I think the original, I forgot his name, the, the guy who started yeah. it died. And so the seminar brought in all these different scholars together. So why was he interested Yeah, why was he interested in this? I don't know. I think he was, um, I think he grew up somewhat religious in um, uh, in Netherlands. At some point in his like youth, um, he even had some almost like a religious crisis and wanted to become, uh, into go into what do you call seminary. Yeah, he wanted to become a priest. Yeah, like become a priest of some yeah. sort. Um, was it was it tied to some kind of like abortion thing or something, or was it like it was weird? Like I think his girlfriend uh, got pregnant, uh-huh. uh, and. I think they, I think they did go for abortion eventually. But like he had a crisis but at that moment. There was some kind of crisis, yeah. And that, that girlfriend eventually did become his wife. I think they're probably ah, still married. So I mean, not that it matters, but yeah, I think it was some weird abortion t- ties, and there was some crisis of faith, from what I understand. But anyway, <laughs> but that's I don't know if that's a direct way to join in Jesus seminar. So he's like a Todd Salons type of character who thought he was going to go into, like Todd Salons also wanted to go into. Yeah. Rabbinical school, right? Yes. So, like, he's like a godly director, like a godly, a person who has a saintly, go, a saintly. saintly a go, kind of a saintly side to him, or like Tuss a religious, Salons, yeah, a religious I, side to him. Yeah, Tosselons is another hero of mine, but I feel like Tosselons is so much less fun, so not fun, just pure like saintly kind of like weird like um, what do you call it? in Russian? We would call it Eurodivy. Yeah, um, um, I don't know. Like, uh, what do you call those people? I don't know actually what the what the word is in English for that. Um, God's fool. Yeah, like yeah, like holy fool or holy I don't know, fool like, or something. You know, the person who speaks the truth, but it's no fun. But it's like you know, yeah. It, it, Tat Salons is just is is like torturing you basically, like to, with the reality, with the truth. Well, that's for you. You always say like you would walk by me watching it even years ago, and you say that it's well, like a dentist drilling your tooth, the, no anesthesia. <laughs> that's what, and I'm the, like, why? I really love this. <laughs> no, but it, <laughs> but yeah. that's because you're American and I'm not, oh. and it's about America. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it's an America that I don't never never really knew. The the American Tat Salons is an America that I, you know, only maybe like you know at a very like superficially came into contact with that world is not the world of my as you know the world of my of the immigrant world at, at all it's totally opposite so could be, so i grew up in a kind of been in america but not in, in in i mean i guess i'm a lot more i'm a lot more i'm uh, i'm weaker than you in terms of film film yeah, watching but films. i can't look at the physical torture you can't i can look at physical stuff but then when they Tad get Salons into like has t- nothing that's yeah. is pure psych- psychology and it's it really is like having an exposed nerve you know when they're doing the filling and then yeah and then and then there's the dentist just like just like t- taps it taps it with the with a little spiky thing that they use you know 
So, but he, but what's interesting is because he is really moral. He's a very moralistic, very, he's a very um, moralistic director. You know, he always has a, like there's a, he's judging the world. And so he, and it makes sense that he wanted to be, be a rabbi, I guess, you know, that like. Todd Salons. Todd yeah. Salons, Oh, yeah. and he really also stands out. I think one of the, um, um, he, his films actually are really good as just plays, which not all screenplays are like that. And I have a few, um, like storytelling, what else happened? Anyway, I have a few of his books as just like screenplays and they really read like great plays. There's not like, there's just, just basically just dialogue and you can yeah. read it and there's like nothing. I don't know. You can almost read it in his voice, but maybe it works only because I watched the films. I don't know if it would work without it. I don't know. But anyway, there it's like, I found out, um, in one of the copies forward by, um, I think it's like his former, not former, like some old friend of his, which is already kind of peculiar. <laughs> I don't know. Just Todd Salon says friends. <laughs> so, and there was friends. described, yeah, old friend that, um, who knew him for a long time and like respected, obviously his art said that he thought someone was particularly like impressive to him because even though he, he was on the, he was kind of like successful at some point with, yeah. with his movies. And then it went again <laughs> downhill with, um, kind of like, problems with getting finan financing and all that Tasselins never like enjoyed any of the success at all whatever they <laughs> what, what actually people are usually do things to eventually enjoy yeah. a lot of artists like to, when you're, you finally make it you can like yeah they actually want to enjoy things not not that they're fraudulent but they actually don't mind and actually want to enjoy things once if, if it's possible to achieve that and Tasselins never wanted to enjoy it and couldn't enjoy it and it didn't give a shit about LA and Starlets enjoying premieres and festivals yeah. So was in some praise. I think um, he finally got it with Welcome to the Dollhouse. Yeah. I mean, it's very um, rare that even if you're back in the day, you go to NYU and, um, you know, you make like, okay, a short film that people like. And then you offered, he was offered a three picture deal by um, some Hollywood company. And I think he moved to LA for some time straight out of like just some small short film. Anyway, but, uh, and he, he, I think got out of that, didn't even couldn't even he only did one he did movies. one and I thought it was good fear anxiety and depression mm -hmm. it's hard to find actually have to like go on torrents and stuff it's nowhere available he hates it and he thought it's a failure but I, I actually liked it um it's about a, a New York kind of loser playwright <laughs> 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 who loves Beckett and wants to be like him uh yeah and Tussalons plays the main role which you never would see anywhere like that's that's the only movie so um what I was saying, yeah. So he he actually is a true, almost like a preacher man for real. Yeah. He, he like he isn't like most of the people who, who go into movie making. They actually go into movie making not to make movies, not because they have something interesting to say, but because they want to be just making movies and like want to be part of the world that world. And so as soon as they get right. any kind of success, they you know it's part of that part of the whole Hollywood world that they just lo love being. I mean, and it's, it isn't just Hollywood. I guess it's all no, it's, it's, all, mo it's, all it's most media. things. I guess, it's most media but it's also like yeah. That. I guess you clear even before they make it, so to yes. speak. It's clear what's it about. It's just society. I call it society. It's just like you want to be part of the society. Yeah. But really, it's like I'd say Hollywood is a society in America. Like what else is there? I mean, this is the this is the court. You know, this is where you go. And hang out with well, all. Well, there's the, DC. That was but, that's like not, but those people, people. want to be part of society. You know, they yeah. they're really happy when they're allowed in into right, Hollywood. Right, right. Yeah. That's the, just the ugly ones. I think <laughs> it's true. The more I think of it, I know it's such a cliche, but the more I think of it, the more I learn about it. It's fucking true. Yeah. They're as vain. DC, but also journalism too. It's like they're connected. They D want it too. DC. Now it's like there's a pipeline. Uh, there was some podcast of how to make your article into a movie try to sell your article or oh, write an article with a movie in mind 
<laughs> I've been trying to do that for years and it hasn't worked. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm rushing. I'm like, I'm trying to keep on track. So no, but I think this is a kind of interesting uh, tangent. It's yeah. I mean, but uh, no, yeah. but it's a tangent because all I want to say that Salons, even though I love him, he's clearly pretty dreadful, <laughs> dreadful character. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, I'm uh, I'm there. I'm there with him. But it's like no fun it's i mean it's fun and only in american and narrow sense of the word uh but verhoven even though he had a similar whatever crisis or salons wanted to become a rabbi and verhoven like a priest um <laughs> and um verhoven actually is fun he yes. seems like actually he, he can enjoy his body or whatever i mean he's a yeah he's a he's he, a, he can loves enjoy life. life he loves yeah, he life. Can he enjoy loves life he doesn't have to he's, only see one side and he's of embodied it. he's not just like he in a way he's yeah salons is very Jew, jewish in that way i guess he's just very very neurotic and kind of brain and to- well, what do you all- mean you no. can be jewish and like no but also just like brain i don't know just purely in the brain yeah it's purely very in like, yeah and there isn't like yeah i mean it's just anything that has to do with the body it's like this nasty bandage so just sad yes yeah there's no fun there it's like oh all the sex is just depressing oh. everything is just <laughs> it's just like pathetic and you know what you can definitely see that way and a lot of it is it's that true. way yeah. but, but it's just it. sad to live your life only that way yeah it just like there's no that isn't the only thing because there's other there's other sides to it as well. but Verhoeven he's like a much more successful widely watched film director partially I think because of that because it's like fun he can he can make some sort of um, you know it's not like just a stupid action film but he can he can do action it's just not gonna be stupid yeah and sexy right so he he doesn't have he doesn't he, have to only preach preach and preach but okay there was a long <laughs> long diversion but i was talking about um so the jesus seminar he was part of yes so anyway and uh at some point so he was there for i don't know maybe like 25 years i don't know how long he lived here for quite a while in california and uh eventually um he wanted I think it's almost like for himself, he just had this fascination. Uh, despite clearly he became a film director and uh, not a priest and his crisis was averted. That was year, and that was like decades ago before. Yeah, yeah, the crisis was like in youth and that was his adult. And he's still interested and clearly, I don't know, Yasha constantly says that he's like still a Jesus freak. I don't know what the hell that means. I think it's interesting. He was, he's not like a, yeah. I guess, um, like in a simplistic way, Christian. Anyway, so he wanted to make a movie about the uh, Jesus as a historical um, historical yeah. figure, Jesus as he really was. And I think they never, it never like worked out uh, yeah. back in his LA days. And from what I understand, he again tried to do it like in the last few years. I think even there's some script. Anyway, but eventually this movie Benedetta that did come out was another project that could be financed and, and worked out yeah. rather than the Jesus of Nazareth. I can't believe they, 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 he couldn't make a movie about Jesus. Like, it's like, it's just such a... Yeah, yeah but, well, because his Jesus is very specific. Uh, he published a book, you know, that's something he could do. He just wrote, wrote a book, which, kind of weird, it is rather scholarly, um, but it's also is like a f- actually a fun read because in the end, Paul Verhoeven is not, you know, it's not some, some just dry, boring... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's person. funny. Like, yeah, he wrote he wrote a, a very scholarly book. It's about, called Jesus of about Nazareth. His, Paul yeah, historical his scholarly work that tries to peel back the layers of sort of myth mm-hmm. around the Jesus character and try to understand it through the through the study of the texts. Study that, of the texts and study yeah. of all the gospels. What was like what what was added later what was just a sort of like a clearly a myth and what was like the history the of description, the, the, the actual human description Jesus. Yeah, of like who Jesus was as a person but in short Paul Verhoeven's conclusion after all the years of studying and peeling away is that unlikely obviously that Jesus has <laughs> risen from the dead and all that but what is most important is that um, 
he was kind of interested in his parables. And he thought really the only thing that really matters about the, all those stories and all those texts and are the parables. They're just the stories that he told that kind of in this um, non-straight manner kind of tell you almost like what human behavior should be, how, how, you, like, how you should act and how you should treat other people. Anyway, and that's um, Verhoeven's kind of idea was that that's really all that matters is basically not what Je- that Jesus believed in the imminence of some like, kind of kingdom of God that will <laughs> that will come and then all the people going to be judged or whatever it's like the good will be uh, avenged and, and all this but that's actually the fact that he in a way created new ethics in the last like the most interesting kind of code of ethics in the last 2000 years uh, and doesn't matter whether he was a slightly deranged person <laughs> believing in all those stuff. Yeah. But the fact that it was just you know written down and then passed through and generations had, had and still some... and still I mean I don't know we live in a pretty bad times so I don't know how much strength has but it's still there like the text. But I think but I think it makes sense because it's for someone I mean I think it's I don't know maybe to me and to mm-hmm. you it seems it seems it could it might seem a bit odd that a director you know would be interested in Jesus and mm-hmm. you know, but then it does make sense and you say this you say this about Philip K. Dick all the time you know why he was you know Philip K. Dick was very focused on Jesus and, oh, and early Christianity and all this stuff well and, he thought by the end of it last what <laughs> maybe what six seven years of his life that, that he definitely lived in the first century what like yeah, Roman like, Empire yeah. It, it parallel with Jesus Christ, basically. Not just parallel. Yes. He knew him. I think he was like <laughs> one of the heretics because, like, yeah. early Christians were like persecuted. Well, what, what, uh, yeah. What, what I mean, what, what I mean, what I want to say is, yeah, like, I mean, these. So, if you're Paul Verhoeven and you're, you know, you're, you're not just making action movies like like all the other assholes in Hollywood. You know, you're making action movies, but you're also interested in the world. You're interested in trying to understand society and trying to understand, you know, the world that you live in and what it all means. Like, it makes sense that you're interested in Jesus. Right, because you know we live in a you know very Christian society here. I mean, he he grew up in a Christian society, obviously a very deeply conservative Christian society uh, in the Netherlands, right? And America is obviously a very conservative Christian society, mm-hmm. right? I mean, do- dominated by this yeah. from all different sides. You know, it doesn't matter. And so it make and, and as as was Philip K. Dick, obviously. I mean, so it makes sense that you're and you grow up with these ideas mm-hmm. imprinted on you from an early age about. You know, you learn about Christ and you learn about right. you know, all this stuff. So it's like you, it, these are the things that you operate with, and these are the things that society r- operates with, right? And these are so it makes sense that you'd be interested in, like, in in the Jesus as like as as, as a symbol for something, or just as something, uh, just as as um, because so much of it actually hinges on what who Jesus is and what. Yes, what, but what I think is peculiar about Verhoeven, besides whatever he's. Um, Clearly, some genius filmmaker is that um, he somehow tries to approach it not through the faith perspective. There are probably like a lot of whatever, like good people who like have faith in Jesus, like Mel Gibson, or I don't know about Mel Gibson, <laughs> but, but, but but no, Verhoeven would. It's a bit insane in some way. He tries to almost like approach it rationally. Okay, yeah. like to find all the facts. Do the facts match like throughout all the Gospels? Yeah. What does it say? What does it mean? Like. In, in in some way, really like a kind of like a re- religious person or like a well, Christian. He's not religious, yeah. Yeah, he's in a way. Then you can call him Jesus freak. He's not religious because he really tries to deconstruct it. And yeah, and it's in the end, you know, you read the book. He admits it's like there's not <laughs> not much. Yeah, we not don't much. Know. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> not much. No, but I mean, but that, but that's fine. But that's a part of yeah. I mean, uh, but I mean, just Jesus as and why he's constantly interested in you know and 
like you know i mean a lot of his especially his, his movies um you know have like a religious component right mm-hmm. and i mean and the last one is particularly you know, yeah but you know I mean, or Christian component rather. Even I mean, think they, about they, they do. No, all in like the fourth man. There's always some like sacred and profane. Yes, the whole idea that just actually his movies even have the sacred component. It's yeah. just like because he, I guess thinks in this categories. But what what is interesting? Well, I think we'll now have to get into Benedetta. Kind of was thinking. I hope it's not his last film. He's 83 though. Yeah, I don't know. But even if it is, it's sort of like I almost see him him as Benedetta. I mean, he's not like obviously a lesbian nun, but there's that element that I got in the book, out of his book, Jesus of Nazareth, when I read it, is that in in the end, all he can um, conclude really is that it's sort of like on you to have faith and to act a certain way, not because there's anything guaranteed yeah. or someone finally figured out that, yes, there is Jesus and there's going to be something. Uh, there's going to be some afterlife. No, nothing. You don't yeah. know. Maybe not. But it's just like if you have faith and you act in this way, that's what changes things and that's what matters. And uh, you potentially can become very powerful through that and can sway and have a lot of sway in the in the in the end yeah no it's a good point i mean it's a way it's almost like it's, it's almost if as a part is almost a par- parting kind of message you know if you know who knows if he's gonna in the, able- no in the film but all i'm saying because as a minor scholar of him it's the message of his book as well yeah it's the sort of like conclusion of his all <laughs> in the end all his years of studying Jesus I mean I know it's not maybe that mind blowing but hey it's so funny that like when this movie because all I heard about this movie and I mm-hmm. was that oh my god it's if Paul Verhoeven here here he is again the the old perv you know you know you know everyone knows Paul Verhoeven he likes to just you know show the titties and you know and show hot women on his, on the TV you know and like so now he's like the old perv <laughs> he's, he's got another movie out and now he's got two lesbian nuns you know yeah, the, there was some protest against was, it right? i just thought oh whoa so but it's actually not it's it's funny it's like the lesbianism there and it's like the it's like a subplot essentially you know definitely yeah the, and it's and it's like not a, even could have been more yeah i mean there's a, yeah it could have been a lot more it could actually i think he in a way pulled his punches because it if wasn't he, very graphic because if it was if it was maybe yeah i mean he probably on purpose did that because that's not what the movie is about i mean uh he but like so the movie is actually you know, I mean, you, if you're if you're out there, like if you're going to this film and you're thinking, oh yeah, I'm gonna see some like old school Paul Verhoeven, you know, some like uh, exploitation porn or something, you know, like um, some, something like um, Showgirls, or it's you're not gonna get that. In fact, you're like gonna sit, sit there for an hour before you even get maybe to the first even you know like hint of a scene yeah. in the movie. It's pretty slow. Yeah, it's slow. It builds very slowly. Uh, it, so it actually is really about like institutions and like. You know, I don't know, like uh, the cynic, the cynicism, in, particularly in the church, obviously in the Catholic Church, and like no one really believes in anything. And while holding the highest, while holding these high high offices, and and you know, and obviously, um, obviously, um, acting like they have, they're acting from like some kind of higher moral moral authority of the church and of Jesus Christ, and like Jesus Christ speaks to them, but no one believes anything. And you know, and so it's about like yeah, the cynicism of institutions. And like the belief of one person, you know, and and you know, and I won't give away the ending, uh, but like you know, and what how that, that and that clash um, between uh, I don't know, like personal belief and personal, like almost if like the pure yeah. faith. Yeah, yeah, and like and and even even though like yeah, and so so it's actually it's a much more it's actually a much more serious film. It's a funny film, really funny. Film. I mean, it's a bit slow, but it's, slow. it is funny. Yeah. So, uh, slow, kind of slow for a, for a, for a Verhoeven film. 
but I didn't mind actually. No, no, it gets going. It's like it, it it's slow to build momentum, but once it gets going, it actually you know someone almost don't want it to end because it's so it's such a fun like. No, kind don't of, show. No one really shows those times like he does, and it's not the yeah. first time he goes there. You know, flesh and blood. Yeah. I think that's you know, maybe early. You know what I kind of yeah, what? but you know what? I, speaking of like, no one shows how shows those times yeah. how how he does. I was actually surprised because you know in flesh and blood, you know what was kind of cool about how he showed that time was like really disgusting i mean people bad had teeth. bad teeth and people just yeah. looked like shit like you know they're like giving birth in the in the mud you remember that there was like that whole scene where his his girlfriend you know um, um uh what's his name um uh the actor the main actor there R- ruger hauer ruger hauer you know his girlfriend is like giving still giving birth to basically a dead baby already but it was all like raining in the, in the mud like in the, in the basement or like in some kind of the the basement or out outside of some uh of a church that was falling apart i mean it was just the whole, he he showed that world as a kind of as it probably was back then you know pretty dirty smelly um infested people had bad rotten teeth and all this stuff but in this in this movie it's actually the opposite like all the all the nuns are like you know or not not all the nuns but some of the nuns are wearing lipstick it seems like they all have their plucked eyebrows and it's it's a lot more Weird, um, right? it was a lot more um kind of traditional um you know, like uh, movie world where... But everyone... I think he tried to make it like proper. Yeah, I think he tried so to make them kind of... But so also people <laughs> won't be immediately kind of dismissive. Yeah. it's, it's it was, I found it strange. I don't know why he did that. Um, maybe, I wonder if there was some kind of stylistic uh, decision. Or, yeah. But I, I, can't, I can't guess it. Yeah, it's almost like more like like in paintings, right? It's more of, mm. the, not the real world, but the, you know, when yeah. you look at the Renaissance like or the even portraits, the Renaissance yeah, yeah. paintings, like you won't see the, the, the real. <laughs> no, it's true. They're, they're, they look very made up and mm-hmm. they look very proper. But these are like nuns. So it's like, it's, but I mean, I guess in, in the paintings too. But all, the nuns. Non, all nuns were there, all that. Pudding. Not all nuns, but like the main ones. Maybe. I think you exaggerated. Yeah, okay, I- there was like the main character, her hot girlfriend. And what and Charlotte Rampling playing Mother Reverend, which is older no, hot woman. There's, but there's like that's her it. arch nemesis, the younger one. Yeah, but there was you couldn't really see makeup that much. Well, I don't know. They just had, okay. I wasn't like obsessing over it, but I just noticed that they had all pl- plugged eyebrows and like you know all the yeah. stuff like the, the the modern version. You know, it's very modern stuff that he didn't like hide. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I almost like it. Almost like I mean, it seemed. I, I'm pretty sure it was like a decision. I don't know what what he was trying to do with it, but it's pretty clearly uh, because the other historical stuff that he's Mm -hmm. done, he was pretty, he he went kind of, he went into the, a more, uh, I don't know, like a historically authentic attempt to represent things. But he, but he wasn't trying to gross you out here. Maybe that's what what it is. Because in Flesh and Blood, he was really trying to like gross you out about the that that medieval world. Yeah, Um, and And this is not medieval. This is Renaissance. Remember? Yeah. But I almost found it more somehow uplifting than many of his other films isn't it kind mm-hmm. of bizarre definitely yeah. more uplifting because one of the things Verhoeven does is that um, sure he can show the kind of the underbelly <laughs> of just humanity and the nastiness but then I mean the good stuff too but it's always usually it always ends on this kind of in the gray zone it's never frequently it's kind of ambivalent yeah like just generally who wins yeah. right like Starship Troopers at all recall or even like the um, his newer black book yeah right it's you know <laughs> sure no, it we, ends in a very morally ambiguous way the black book because she's I yeah, know it's yeah. like oh the Nazis defeated but oh 
But no, they, but she's in I'll, Israel. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wonder, you know, now that I think about you saying that, the fact that, you know, okay, she, she immigrated to Israel at the end of that, right? And she's in a kibbutz. But it's also like the Israel is the beginning of another exploitation, another essentially colonization. Yes, it's interesting. I wonder if he, I bet he thought about it. Yeah. And it's, um, it's very subtle. Very subtle. <laughs> very subtle. So it's like it, be, it begets, you know, victimhood begets new victimhoods and all this stuff. Yeah. Overall, I, I don't need to go movie by movie. It's all really very ambiguous. And here, He doesn't okay, always do this how, like Hollywood ending classic. No, yeah, yeah. and here I feel like, okay, there is a happy ending. And I guess there is a bit of ambiguity just generally about what is going on throughout the film. Is it true or not? Is she saying, are those miracles? Yes. Do miracles exist or not? Is it all like a ruse? Is she like power thirsty or not? I don't know. Like all yes. this. Is I mean, it's like... She's cynical and trying to yeah, use this there, things. Yeah, but there's ambiguity just in the kind of in the body of the film. But it is a kind of happy ending, weirdly, right? And yeah. in the end, I think it's... Um, it's way less ambiguous and I think it's kind of uplifting and I don't know maybe I'm simplifying things and I want to see what I want to see but to me it's really the message <laughs> if there is a message which he doesn't make it like simply like that yeah. it's not like it's not it's not simplistic purely just like moralistic but there is that element of like if if your faith is pure and you really like believe in it it doesn't matter if it's true what you believe in yeah. really it really doesn't matter in the end there's like a weird element that you can even bring the people to yeah. to you through this crazy faith yeah even if they are like your opponents or they hold power over you but because if if they don't have any faith and they don't have anything transcendent and they don't believe in anything transcendent and they don't see it like yeah. they're kind of almost like that's the weak that's the weak point no, it's right. a good point. It's a good point. It's like the cynicism is ultimately, ultimately a, a, a real weakness, even if the power structure is on your side. Exactly. Even if the you know you control, you have the power, and you control everything. If you're and you you know you can like you still can stay in power. No, you know that doesn't mean anything. But ultimately, it's a weak position. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't mean by default you'll fall just because you know. I mean, it's no. too simplistic to say. Oof, yeah, <laughs> a cynical, corrupt person is will gonna, be judged. It will be toppled. <laughs> no, in, no, yes, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll lose in this life. You know, well, it's not true. Yeah. Not necessarily true, but there, there's that interesting element that it's um, not just in terms of that they will lose by default just because they're cynical yeah. and unbelief, but it's like they're themselves kind of weak. Yes. Like, because they don't really believe and it's actually into their own yeah. bullshit. And it's actually a perfect, it's a perfect movie for our for times, our times isn't, yeah. isn't it? Like, because, I mean, you know, I mean, we know, I mean, I'm, you know, myself, I'll admit first and, for, you know, first and you know, that how, you know, how hard it is to believe in anything and like, and what do you really believe in it? Or even if you believe in things like to have any kind of actual um, strength behind it, you know, because it's just, and in, in our times, belief almost seems like, on the one hand, it seems we, like kind of like just because believing is che- is kind of cheap almost. Like, I don't know, everyone has like, there's so many ideas. Ba- everyone, this Our world is like filled with ideas and ideologies. And I don't know, like everyone has. And so it's like, it's like somehow, but but yet it feels filled with ideas, but yet with no real belief <laughs> in anything. <laughs> this is kind of well, how you I can, feel. Idea, I think the idea is that you can um, yeah. choose what to think or what to believe in and you're kind of free in your choice yes. and there are all this like options, different things yeah. there are many options you can shop yeah. around and then you can like join and you're like wow you know socialism seems great to me it sounds like such a great idea what <laughs> yeah. a good brand yeah it's a good brand I mean it seems like people would support it and people, it seems like it's on the rise um, so I'll just be that yeah um, no it's it's true I mean it's actually a, it's, it's a very subtle very deep film and um, 
I mean, makes sense, I guess. You know, he's like not a, you know, it's like a kind of an end of the, you know, he's a, he's. Well, yeah, from what uh, I've heard about the making of this movie a long time ago, and it was done by like, I think mid 2019. And then Verhoeven had some, to go through some kind of, maybe some operation. I'm not sure if oh, it's no. back surgery. Yeah. So, and then COVID hit. So it came out two years too late or something like oh, this. Oh, wow. And I, I do feel, because you say how timely it is, it's almost better that it came out after the pandemic, or during, during the pandemic, we're not really after, yeah. rather than before. It almost feels more... No, exactly, right no, it's like a perfect, it's funny, it's like, yeah, because it hits, it, it, it fits really in with the times. I mean, it's like, the, the fact is that this, the plague is like hanging over everything, you know? Right, right. Um, and it's like, it's also like the plague is, you know, uh, how everyone sees it back then, it's like, basically God is punishing people for yeah. their sins, and, and it's kind of like... <laughs> Uh, COVID is kind of punishing us for our sins too, you know. Well, well that's what I was yeah. talking about when it just first appeared. Yeah, I, I don't know if I <laughs> it's true. I mean, industrial. But then yeah. no. But then you would say, oh well. But then why really? It only almost like they really hits like poor, sicker yeah. people, well, older people, it, and it it hits like the weak. It doesn't necessarily hit the ones who really deserve it more yeah, than people others. with money are doing just fine right now. Yeah, is it God punishing us? Well, God is works in mysterious ways, baby. Yes. You know? <laughs> All right. So anyway, so the the movie seems is very timely. And without about the faith element, there's yes. like a weird, almost inspired. I would say, what do you, what's that word? In, 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 what do you call it? Incendiary. Inc- is there a word incendiary? When- uh yeah, incendiary. Yeah, like incendiary. It's like incendiary. That's what I said. Incendiary. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I said it right then. I, yeah. There's I mean, like look, you're asking element. one immigrant is asking another immigrant no, uh, but pronunciation skills. You, we could bo- <laughs> both be getting it wrong, you know. <laughs> no, but you're, you know. I mean, I'm okay. I'm like, I'm yes, I am. I've been here a bit longer than you have. Yeah. Much longer. <laughs> but I'm also I'm also less educated than you. So come on, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, isn't there like the incendiary element, but like, but hidden? Like again, it's not yeah. straightforward. It's not Ken Loach. There is that kind of weird thing. It's like, yeah. again, speaking of our times, right? A woman <laughs> and not initially a virgin, but then okay, then not. Yeah. <laughs> but but still, she never supposedly touched a man. So, and no. a virgin probably in God in God's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. She's the one who is like the strongest. Is, is sex between women even considered That's sex? What I, mean. Isn't even, I don't. I don't know. I'm technicali- on a technicality, it might not even be considered. Pe- yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe you still considered a virgin if it's only like. That's pretty cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, like sort of like a, a woman nun who is like under all this, you know, she doesn't have initially much power at all. Yeah. And then she sort of right really <laughs> rises to power and in a city. Whole, yeah, and the whole city. To the In point where she's like her. ordering around troops and things like that. Yes. Yeah, which yeah, <laughs> it's sort of pretty pretty weird at some point, right? She, at some point it goes quick. It's like whoa, and now she's yeah. ordering troops around. Because people think that she's a saint. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, it's like really why I keep saying how uplifting it is in some ways in Sindri. It's like if you believe it, it can as well be true. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. It's like let's say you almost it's almost good if you're like a bit crazy, meaning like is Jesus really talking to you or you think Jesus is yeah. talking to you? Like I feel like if you go to like philosophical aspect of it, you like kinda wonder, is it does it even matter? I think it's almost like it says no, it doesn't matter. It's funny that we were just recently watching the Philip K. Dick um, you know, lecture when he was talking about he was giving a lecture on his Well, it's not funny, I had it in my dream. Oh yeah, that's why we were watching it. Well, I mean, well, whatever. It's funny that we were watching it before the film because we don't. Ah, right, right. I mean, ah, sorry, well, just ahead. in general, I mean, the fact that he believes it, the fact that he believes that you know we're we're kind of living his 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 
his theories about about the nature reality and about us living basically in like sort of inhabiting all time all possible time and space at, at any given moment and then you know him talking about like the you know the the belief in some kind of you know in 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 in, in Christianity and 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 these things it's like you when you listen to him I mean he has this conviction he has belief mm-hmm. and you can sort of make fun of it and I kind of and I've been known to, and I kind of sometimes make fun of it and make light of it but then you know you watch it and you and it, sometimes it, it begins kind of hard to not take him seriously just because he takes himself seriously and also he has sort of the the weight of his books behind him and like the fact that they are transcendent and they prophetic. are saying something de- prophetic. prophetic and deep and so and and so, and and go some you know go to the core of our our, our society and our lived experience and like they're like wait this guy maybe he is a prophet you know and maybe what so if his books are so prophetic maybe he what he's saying about the nature of reality and you know Jesus Christ and God and all these things are maybe are also true so what i'm trying to say is that when I was like listening to him, you know, it's a, the power of his conviction, right? The fact that he believes in his faith, mm-hmm. I mean, it rubs off on you. Like it, it really does. And it, it yeah. makes you believe, yeah. I see what you mean. If he didn't insist that it is that way, it's almost like the novelist would be less powerful in some yes. way. So there is that element. Even if you could read them and still see the, the prophetic nature, yeah. I think you're right. So that like his belief almost adds to the whole mystique yeah. and makes you wonder. He was like talking about his life and how he was like on track A, track B. I think at the point at the um, when he's giving a speech, he considers himself already being on track C. <laughs> it's like all these different um, sort of time, space compressions, and you know. How they, <laughs> how they interject and yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't want to go in there. I won't do him justice. Let's put it this way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And you know, but the, his faith is 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 give. Yeah. I mean, his faith. It rubs off you. Look, I have this book actually, Jesus. Yeah. From I don't know a number it's of in years the other ago. Room, yeah. yeah. And you know, it is like a Bible of sorts. It's yeah. a book of revelation. It's like as good as any. I don't know. There is a religion of, uh, around Mormonism, right? And then the book is <laughs> no, I don't know. No. From what I know, total fake. But exegesis can be as good. And when I would get into it, especially late in at night, like even a while back, it, it gets you in a weird state of mind. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what your your point of, because of how much he believes in it. Yeah. You know. No, I mean, it is kind of, look, I mean, we're, as it's yeah, an author as, as a sort of, as a passive, um, as a passive vessel for mm-hmm. sort of, um, like some kind of a holy revelation, you know. I don't, I'm not saying it's it's not far it's not too far fetched. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like you don't like what are you, who are you actually to like you don't control what you write. No, really. and it's yeah. not even clear why you even write. Yeah, yeah. Why are you? Yeah. Why are you feverishly writing this? Yeah. Stuff? Why yeah. are you engaging in this? No, it makes no sense. Maybe yeah. you've been it's, engaged. It's almost it's it's in a way you know being writers is kind of a self destructive thing because it's you know you're by you know the chances are you're gonna fail. Uh, and no one's going to read you, and you know. So but like, that it's doesn't like, yeah. matter. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is, it's like the revelation happens. And if it's like if you're someone like Philip K. Dick. So anyway, so what I'm trying to say is that yeah, I mean, there's all we're kind of jumping around here, but the um, the the strength of conviction and belief, and no matter how insane you sound to people, or you know how how um, I mean, it's kind of a it's almost cliche. It's a cliche kind of thing, but it's it's yeah, but, but it's, it's not. I know yeah. it sounds like almost like a, some kind of cliche. What am I praising here if this is the message? Well, you gotta I don't know. You gotta you're, see. Yeah, well, you're just praising some crazy woman who thought that she's you know God is speaking through her and uh, yeah and she okay. Likes, and people think oh I've seen that in the street. But you know now I'm thinking 
I who the hell knows? Maybe that person in the street, God is speaking to them. I don't know. I'm at the point where it's like, how you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, know. it's better to. You can't be perceived as completely sort of um, superficial because how ubiquitous the image is. Yes. No, it's an ubiquitous I mean, image. A crazy person says that God speaks through him, her. It doesn't matter what yes, the chance. It's like mo- it's like half of America, basically. <laughs> right. Right. I've seen it on the subway in New York. I've seen it. I, I've seen. I've seen it in places. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy who comes actually to preach here just around the corner from us by um, on the corner of uh, where the McDonald's used to be. What is he preaching? He's oh, like just a young guy with a, right. with, a, with a speaker and just preaching about how we're all going to go to hell. Right, you know? right. Is yeah. he a black guy? I think he, he's Latino, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I've seen him. He's pretty Maybe young. there's a couple of other but guys. But I think he even has an amplifier. Yeah, he comes with a little yeah, speaker yeah, yeah. thing. But yeah. you know what? He has a point. Yeah, we're all going... <laughs> it's true. I mean, he seems a little bit like... Um, Pretty, uh, pretty like uh, his t- kind of a, the, t- the template he, he's working off of. Ah, you know? too banal, right? It's kind of banal because we're all sinners. You know, we got to take Jesus Christ into our hearts. You know, at least like the this the the this lady. You know, um, Benedetta. Benedetta. You know, she was like she had some interesting ideas. She was like, lesbianism is is great because I get to you know get into the like I get to Jesus through through lesbian sex basically no but that's an interesting jesus kind of allows her yes well yeah, yeah. She, jesus talks to her and allows her to have it to have yeah yeah intercourse with with another woman as a way of channeling and, and connecting to like god's love yeah. yeah so like so i mean that's a it's a pretty radical interpretation of of christopher for christianity i think especially at the time <laughs> I don't think that this guy in the corner is saying anything even like half as interesting. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, right, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it is. It does seem there's like I, I bet you a lot of people will walk away from this movie and be like, "Oh, this is kind of lame." Like, what is he saying? Like, you know, just you believe in Jesus and you're that means you're like, you know, it, that's a good thing. You know, if you're like insanely believe in Jesus. If it wasn't ambiguous, whether okay. The banal or sort of like fairy tale or like in the end boring thing would be like, okay, there's this woman, she believes in Jesus and it's miraculous and things happen. Yeah. No, I mean, okay, I mean, I guess spoilers mostly. Most likely, yes, she believes in Jesus and she has this weird fervent visions and dreams, but she also is like literally taking herself like a shard of glass and doing all those things. And even when like someone discovers the shard of glass, it doesn't like she's on... On face. face, but even... Even it's like in her face, shard of glass. Clearly, she did it. She did yeah, the but stigmata. It's, but, but then, what does it mean that you're doing it? The, I think that's the interesting yeah. Yeah, like point. God not, is no, no, high, make, what, guiding your hand. No, but that's what what's not banal about it because it shows it as like a very you know speaking of Verhoeven and his like weird belief, non-belief in, yeah. the, in this like transcendent things. It's like okay, we're humans only we do things to ourselves, yes. let's say. Because yes. that's like in his books and his movies and in this movie as well. But, okay, we do things, but what if we are yeah. led with a shard of glass I mean, to how do, do we know stigmata? Jesus didn't nail himself to the cross, for instance? <sighs> Touche. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, does it make it less valid? No. It's probably hard to, no, to nail yourself no, to the... Because how are you going to nail your hand you can, you can do the foot, the foot. The other hand. One, who, but do, who does the, the who does, last You gotta have an assistant. Yeah. <laughs> Judas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good question. So who, who's yeah. guiding you? Yeah. Right. No, look, it's, it's, it's a, yeah. I think that's what's not banal about it. That's what's not, what, that's what makes it more interesting. So yeah. you're like, okay, it's all about, in a way, like our world, kind of like materialistic, like most of things can more or less like, you know, can be like explained through facts, but it all doesn't matter because it's whatever, you know. 
No, it's true. And there's like this, you know, I don't know. It's like we live in this, you know, especially in the age of COVID. It's like everything is science-based. Everything's facts-based. You know, everything's empirical. You know, we're like, make, you know, making these decisions based on the data that we're collecting, that we're analyzing, you know, from the real world. You know, it's like everyone has to be tested. Everything is, it's like a totally... Um, data-driven data-driven kind of... Data-driven world where, you know, you're, I mean, like, look, it's just, it's weird. You know, we like open, you open up in the, the homepage of any newspaper in America now and you have these like, it's, it's, it's like we're like watching the stock market. You know, it's like you have all the, the graphs of how much, you know, how many COVID cases, how many deaths, how many, no, 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 how, it's like how many vaccinations, you know, it's like you see the, tr- it's just, it's bizarre. And as if that's, and it's like sort of an illusion, you know, that we that we use to like try to rationalize the world and try to like get a grip on the world. But he's going to be very much against that. It's like he is all about. But but in the end, you have to have like faith that mm-hmm. the science stuff works and that it'll like get you to a better place. Anyway, so faith is still at the base of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still at the base of it. It's still like we organize our our our, our life and our societies based on irrational th- belief systems. Yes, it, based on things that we believe in. Yes, exactly. I mean, very much irrational. Very much. I mean, at at, at the end, it's still like belief that matters. Is belief in something? Is it was when you're like the 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 strength of your of of, of your beliefs in something in. Even if it's scientific, it's still a, a belief in 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 it. I, I guess I don't know. Yeah, like in the movie, for instance, Benedetta. Uh, again, I don't know. Is it f- fully also historical? Is everything factual? But um, so she <laughs> claims that since she <laughs> as stigmata, she's like um, whatever, bride of Jesus, holy. Uh, she promises that uh, her town, their yes. town, not going to be touched by plague, and Jesus will spare them because of her. If she lives, as long as she lives, she'll be spared. This town and will be spared. This town will gonna be spared. And you know, it ends with this town with the town being spared, despite that a few uh, yeah. people came there um, you know, uh, with plague from Florence and entered the city, but the town the town was spared. And okay, how you interpret that again, if this is like a not a really holy person with a shard of glass in her hand yeah. <laughs> doing all the yeah. whatever <laughs> kind of cutting <laughs> and the creating uh, fake stigmata, how how come it worked? You know, is, is she just so? Is she a liar and a psychopath, or is she truly a saint? Right? I mean, that's the that's the kind of the the the, more, the question that this film poses, and it doesn't and it doesn't really answer it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, or it just says it doesn't really matter. I thought it says it doesn't matter, but again, it's my well, reading. What if, it, what, if, what, if, what if all all the prophecies she made didn't come true? What would happen? You know. Would it matter then? Well, she could have come up with something else. She would have, she and would have improvised. She would have improvised, come up with something else, and who knows? So it doesn't so matter. She would have blamed it on some something or other. Yeah, like yeah. So my point is like I that that doesn't matter because you sort of go she, go yeah. along. <laughs> yeah, and she might have believed that. Let's say the town wasn't spared because of such and such. Yeah. I thought it's really more focuses on this like believe. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a liar or a, or a crazy liar or a saint. As long as as long as people believe in you, yeah, yeah, it's literally also factually true. Yes, like even Mormonism, which is a very yes. American new religion, you wouldn't say it's true. It's so true. Who cares? Like it worked for yeah. him. So you can say what are the golden? What he claimed? Like there were like um, the, scroll, the sort of the things, the tablets, uh, tablets. He says there were no they one saw though. them. They, that's what I'm saying. No one saw them. Were there? There is a chance there were. But no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, exactly. No, I mean, look, it's like it doesn't matter if you're a psychopath or a saint as long as people believe you and then sort of 
create a world around that 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 sort of reflects those things and yeah i, I agree and, with and that idea of the world is somehow more or less maybe better than the previous <laughs> i mean world. there's no value judgment on that I no think. value yeah. judgment but that at least some people should be somehow excited about the idea of the world you're presenting you said you should deliver the goods i'm not sure it's just like the idea should be appealing enough yes that people because would you can always describe you can always explain away um you can always explain away like something that doesn't fit by with some other with some other yeah. virtuoso kind no, of and it yeah. probably never does but it doesn't matter yeah. you should be like excited like actually now thinking back right um he always says the same thing and he got rather boring really adam curtis yeah but one thing he constantly repeats and it's true and very few people talk like that so you have to give it to him it's originally just like he repeats it all the time yeah. but an idea itself is originally he says really like you have to at this point you they have to sway people with something. It's yeah. really not like some sort of rational, fully exactly. like some kind of statistically proven thing that blah, blah, blah. You have to like excite yeah. people, make them believe in something and also ultimately make them believe in something strong enough that they would be ready almost in a give way, up their, give, give up, their, up their, not lives in a their comfort, way, yeah. their comfort. Abandon a lot of things. Like, yeah. be, be inconvenienced by it and you know, in a way, yeah. No, yeah. be ready to be inconvenienced by many things in order to make, in order to follow this idea. Yeah, yeah, but they have to, for that to happen, it's really, they have to be like really under powerful totally. sway. No, it's true. I mean, I, I kind of, we, I don't know if we, 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 uh, we talk about this still a lot, like, you know, it's really what you kind of need is, is in your religion. I mean, all, all political movements are kind of, you know, at a, at a basic level, you know, religious, in that they like, they, you kind of project some kind of like higher authority above all other, all people, you know, and so you create like a kind of a, almost a religion above yourself. So, but you need a new a new religion, a new a new idea, a new a new way of living, you know, a new way of whatever that people can really. Um, I mean, it, it, it could be it could be you know it could be sort of authoritarian. I guess it could be democratic. It could well, be it could be anything. Well, but I keep saying that it's what's necessary is like first it seems to be that's how things go unless book. now Book of Revelation, the new yeah. book. So, I don't know. Yeah. Is there? To me, exegesis is a bit too crazy. Someone needs to someone needs to um, do some editing on it, you know? To, on exegesis? Yeah, because like, you have to like whittle it down to something to more something serv serv serviceable. And it gives power short. to me and you personally. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll edit that in there, you know, because... Well, <laughs> but if you... Well, gonna our, be no, or actually not to us, to our daughter. Oh, yes. all right. But the thing is, like, yeah. if you're the one who is going to edit it down by automatically, obviously, going to be some power. Uh, okay, the priest. You yeah, don't need you're to. The editor. You, yes, that's what I mean. You don't need to put your name in there. If you're going to be the person who, yeah, who will be able to concise it to like hundred pages and not like thousands of them, yeah. So that's that's already when kind of you're going to be winning because that's going to be your <laughs> parish. <laughs> the, the 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 Church of of Latter Day Philip K. Dick Saints. Yeah. Well, I think we should end on this note. Even we didn't obviously cover a lot of ground no. <laughs> of Paul Verhoeven. No, we, we covered some. So, um, peace and fucking believe. Yeah, believe. Amen.